Well, welcome everyone to Sunday service at Ananda Village. And I think a special congratulations may be due to the people who just finished the four-week yoga teacher training course today. So congratulations, all of you. Um, I'm Tiagi Lisa Powers, and this is Nayaswami Devarshi, and it's our pleasure to be here with you today. So today's reading from Rays of the One Light is on reincarnation, the spiral staircase. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus Christ tells us, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more out. There is a difference between church dogmas, which are based on reasoned deductions from scriptural statements, and the pronouncements of wisdom, which are based on the inner realization of scriptural truths. Reason, like a train, can only follow already existing tracks of human experience. Human memory, being short, is seldom able to cross back over the threshold of a person's present existence. Biblical references to previous lifetimes on earth are overlooked in the deductive process, and we find them therefore excluded from the body of official dogma. Nevertheless, such references exist. The Bible itself presents them, as does Jesus in this passage. Not not as abstract teaching, but as direct personal perception of truth. In the same way, Krishna, in the Bhagavad Gita, silences Arjuna's reasonable doubts on the subject, not by reasoned argument, but by the frank statement contained in the fourth chapter of that great scripture. Arjuna, you and I have passed through many births. I know all of them, though you, O chastiser of foes, recall them not. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. I would also like to welcome everyone today. I'm Nayaswami Divarshi. And again, especially our Expanding Light guests, everybody watching on the internet today also. This is a reading from Whispers from Eternity by Paramhansa Yogananda. The imprisoned bird of omnipresence was released. The opened door of meditation released the caged bird of omnipresence. It fluttered, then spread its wings and flew up and outward over infinite spaces. His joyful song brought peace to every unhappiness-scorched being. Alas, unaccustomed to its newly found freedom, the soaring bird remembered the little cage that had enclosed it in old ways. It flew back, hopped inside, and folded its wings, hiding again, safely, as it thought, with its illusory security. O bird of eternity, take heart. Break out forever from that little prison of imaginary security and soar up to thy barless home in everything. Om. Amen.
the topic today, reincarnation, the spiral staircase, is a very lengthy one when you look at it in one way. The reading was short, but reincarnation is very, very long because we spent thousands, perhaps millions of lifetimes doing the same show over and over and over and over again. This is one reason why the yogis and the saints called it the wheel of rebirth. It is just like a wheel that just keeps turning, turning, and turning. And the goal of the devotee is to get off of that wheel. Now, even if you don't believe in reincarnation, study it. Give it a chance. There are some really good books now about studies of children who have been reborn and know their past lives. Many, many great, great sages. And even just writers, artists, scientists believe in reincarnation in the West. Mark Twain, one of the great sages who believed in reincarnation, I'm told that he actually was visiting a town one time and he suddenly remembered a past lifetime. And he knew where everything was in the town, even went to the cemetery and found and pointed out his gravestone from his past life. I don't know how true that story is, but he did say, I know. He said that he had had more lifetimes than anybody but Krishna, is the way he put it. (laughs) It is a reality, but even if you study the principles behind it, you will be able to use them to change and to improve your life. Yogananda talked often about this because the goal of the spiritual path is to get out of this endless cycle. And I think most people, by the time they come here today, realize this and really want to to finish it. I was talking to some guest visitors once at the Expanding Light, and uh, they were asking, well, what is the, the goal of your lives and what you do here? And I was explaining some of our teachings, and then I got into the idea that we meditate and we try to merge back into God and seek liberation so that we don't have to keep reincarnating over and over and over again. And I was surprised by their answer, and I guess I'm not surprised, but one of them said, but, but we like it here. We want to keep coming back. And I realized I had to tone down my enthusiasm. <laughs> but I'm not going to tone it down today. So Yogananda taught that the soul in its nature is free in God already. And when we are born and reincarnate and incarnate in this earth, the way he put it was in one way, for, yeah, for example, he said that Satan created pain, among other things. Because once these souls had this delusion that I am this body, even that wasn't enough to bind people. But once the soul and the body experienced pain and identified with it, it created a desire, and it was for a desire to not have pain. And you can repeat this in many different aspects of life. And that desire by itself causes the soul to keep coming back again and again because that desire is not going to be finished or relieved in this lifetime, in this body. But we think that it can, and we're tricked into thinking that it can. And so we keep trying again and again and again until finally we start to wake up after thousands and millions of lifetimes. And there's some dim memory that realizes that, you know, I think I've tried this before and it's not working. And that memory of past lifetimes, it's dim. But if you really meditate enough and go deep, you start to have some some, uh, inclinations of what these lifetimes were like. Those who don't believe in, in reincarnation just because you don't remember them, realize that, remember that when you leave your shopping list at home, you forget what you wrote down 
on that list two hours ago, and you forget some of those things, and you think you're going to remember your past lifetimes. Just because you can't remember them doesn't mean that they don't exist. And so Satan created this desire to be free from pain, to be free from suffering. And we think, and Satan put this uh, thought in our minds, that we would be free by fixing it all right here and right now. Yogananda told a story, and it's in this book, and I'm going to do some readings from this book and tell that story from this book. It's called Karma and Reincarnation. If you don't have this book, I would suggest going after the service, wait a little bit, and go over to the boutique out there and buy this book, because it's really extraordinary. And for our viewing audience at home, go to www.crystalclarity.com to get this book. If you aren't interested in reincarnation and karma, this book will interest you in it. Pick it up and buy it, buy it anyways. Yogananda tells a story, and he says that he gives the example of this man, and I'll tell a very brief version of it because I'm going to tell my wife Maria's version of it that she told one time. And he said that the soul is born and has a life, and he gave this example of a man who had a happy life, and he had a good business, and he died with a desire that he finally decided, oh, I want to share this life with someone. And so he died, and he died with that desire, and of course he had to be reincarnated. And so he was given a wife to share that lifetime with, but she died at a young age. And so he died with the desire that she would live longer. And then another lifetime, he didn't have health, and he desired to have health. And he was given health, but in that next lifetime, he wasn't given the wealth to be able to feed that healthy body. And it goes on and on and on. And finally, the soul wakes up one day at the end of a life and realizes, Lord, this is really stupid what I've been doing, what I've been asking for. I want only you. And God frees that soul. My wife Maria, three years ago, it was actually three years ago this Sunday, it was the same topic. We were in Dallas and she had just started having some very severe symptoms just while we were there that turned out to be brain cancer. And she knew what was going on. And she knew that she had a very short time to live, as she kept saying, and she did. She only had three weeks after that. And she still insisted on giving the Sunday service. And she could barely stand, but it was her parting words of wisdom, uh, of, a, of a life lived for God. And she told the same story, but in her very pithy kind of way, which she said that we're tricked into thinking that we can make everything perfect. Or she put it, that we can make everything not suck in this life. <laughs> and the way we're tricked is that we discover that, you know, if we put out the right kind of energy, we can find the right perfect coffee, you know, whether it's Starbucks or another brand or we make it at home, and we can fix that problem in our life. And we start to get optimistic that, you know, it's just a matter of applying myself and I will make every part of my life not suck in some way, and every part of my life good just by perfecting it and working on it. And so we work on health, we work on finances, and we start having some successes, and we see, yeah, I can do this. I can find perfection here in this world just by fixing everything and making it perfect. But this world is based on duality. It's up and down, pleasure and pain, as that chant went. And so... By the end of life, just like this soul, we realize that I didn't reach perfection yet in this life. 
And I would have had perfection if I had just gotten this thing perfect. And you end with another desire. And so this cycle of reincarnation, which is tied, as you can see, with karma, which is why this book is called Karma and Reincarnation, the two are tied together very, very closely. And so the job of the devotee, the one who really wants divine freedom, is to get off of this wheel in the end. Yogananda gave his teachings, in a sense, everything he taught, were really about how to do that, how to get off of this endless cycle and get off of the wheel and merge back into God. I'll read a couple of passages from here, describing different ways that he talked about doing it. The best way, he said, was meditation. He said, Immortal souls can only expect to find freedom by utterly destroying all seeds of earthly desires through contact with God in meditation. Meditation reminds the soul of the unending fulfillment in the immortal inheritance of bliss and makes all desires for earthly ways unnecessary and indeed ridiculous. What if you can't meditate? Your body is not healthy enough or you just somehow can't make that work? He has a backup plan for people. He said, Emancipation from reincarnation is possible also by playing the drama of a perfect life of health, abundance, and wisdom on the screen of consciousness. For example, if we can remove the consciousness of sickness and not fear sickness if it does come, nor desire health when we suffer from ill health, then we can remember the soul, which is forever well. And take note that he's not saying to live a life that is healthy and all these things, but to live in that consciousness, not outwardly, but inwardly. Equanimity, in other words, is a secret to freedom from the need to reincarnate. If we can feel and know that as children of God, we possess everything, even as our Father does, whether we are outwardly poor or rich, we can achieve freedom. If we can feel that we have divine knowledge, because we are made in the image of God, although humanly speaking we know little, then we can free ourselves from reincarnation. And in this passage, he talks about this life as just a dream, as a drama, as ourselves as actors on this stage. And this is what he is saying, is to play your role as a child of God, whatever role God has given us, whatever the karma has been, play that role as an actor, not insincerely, but with a, a little bit of impersonalness, uh, impersonalness and detachment from the intensity of the drama. There's a, a funny story where I'm told that the two, there was two actors doing a movie. One was Sir Lawrence Olivier, who was a very uh, British-trained actor. And the other one was Dustin Hoffman. And there was a scene where Dustin Hoffman had been awake for 48 hours being tortured, and he was all emotionally totally over the top and haggard and spent. And so to prepare for that role, apparently he spent 48 hours awake and getting emotionally haggard and spent and apparently maybe partying and just... So he showed up to play that scene, totally wiped out, as looking like he'd been tortured for 48 straight hours. And Sir Lawrence Olivier just looked at him and said, 
perhaps, dear man, you should just learn how to act. <laughs> and what he was saying was, we can play this role. We don't have to get so caught up in the drama and the emotion that we identify with it. And that's the key: is to not identify with ourselves as being this karma and this life and this incredible drama that we're experiencing. Yeah, we have to play the role, and you have to kind of study for the role, and and study how to be a, a good parent or a good friend or a business person, and do it well and do it sincerely. It's not doesn't mean to do it insincerely, but do it with a sense of God's presence. Do it with a sense of inner freedom from being bound and identifying with our karma. Swami Kriyananda said one time something that was really interesting, because we tend to think of karma as physical stuff that happens to us in health and that. And he said that even the most physical health karma, the sickness and ill health that comes to us, always has a mental component to it, and that mental component really is what causes the suffering in the end. And so, even, especially, I would say, not just even, but especially, moods. Master said, moods are just past karma. He said it's a result of overindulgent in the senses and in outward living, and so the ine- inevitable slump. And coming down, so don't identify even with your thoughts and your moods, and the depression and all these things that you go through. It's just part of this wheel of karma. And one thing about this wheel is that it just goes up and it goes down, goes up and down. Ananda、uh, Moyama, the great Indian saint, said that every pleasure is just a point between two pains, and of course, then every pain is just a point between two pleasures. And just trust that when things are going really badly, it will turn around at some point. It's just the way the wheel of karma works and tricks us. Because then we start thinking, "Now I've got it. I think I can just start fixing everything." Trust that when everything's going really smoothly, be aware, be on guard. It's like those old cowboy and Indian movies where the cowboys are out at night around the campfire, and it's peaceful, beautiful scene. And and one of the cowboys says, "Oh, it's so nice. It's so quiet." And、the other one says, "It's too quiet," because <laughs> they, they can't hear the crickets chirping, and and everything's because they're surrounded by Indians. Is why it's so quiet. But it goes up, and it goes down. It's just that's how the wheel works. Yogananda said, essentially, our job: get off the wheel of karma and reincarnation. And this is how he puts it. The Bhagavad Gita describes reincarnation as a wheel, constantly turning. To get off the wheel, you have to desire freedom very intensely. Then only will God release you. Your longing has to be fervent. If it is, and if you are determined no more to want to play, the Lord has to release you. He tries to keep you here with tests, but in His higher aspect. As the cosmic lover, he hates this show and wants you out of it. Why shouldn't he release you once he sees that you really want him alone, and not his show, that you want only freedom in him? That really describes very succinctly how to get out of this wheel, endless wheel of reincarnation, and the countless births that we've all experienced. Is just. The desire for God—that's all it takes. That deep yearning.
there was a disciple of Yogananda who was going through a lot of deaths, and he said to Yogananda, I must have really bad karma. And how many of us have thought this way at times? I have, I know. And Yogananda corrected him really, really strongly. He said, just to want to know God, you have to have very, very, very good karma. And really, in the end, probably the one benefit of good karma is that it can help us get onto the spiritual path. And then, from there, use that good karma to develop the ever deeper yearning for God. And also to start to change our identification from ourselves as this limited soul bound in this body, but caught in this wheel of karma, and take our identification to God. As, as he said in this reading, the way out is to get off the wheel of karma. And the best way to get off, it's to constantly think of God, to turn your life to God. In a way, what he's saying is that this wheel of karma is so compelling. And I think everyone's drama, their own personal drama, is so compelling that you just are caught up in it. It's just, and if you haven't had enough drama in your life yet, you will at some point, <laughs> where this wheel will really, really, really draw you in and make you think this is the reality. But if you look closely off to the side of the wheel karma, it's a big, but sort of hidden, there's a big opt-out button. You click that button, and you get off of the wheel of karma. The way you click that button is every time you get caught in that wheel, the ups and downs, find a way to turn to God. When the really good things come in life, get used to talking to God, and don't get too caught up about your successes and get all excited. Oh, God, give me a parking place, and oh, God gave me this and gave me that. Do go to God when those things happen. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you kindly for the the nice thing that you gave me. But I've noticed that whenever there's a gift like this, sometime down the road, you're going to take something away from me. Or this beautiful gift you've given me, I'll get attached and love this person or this job or whatever. And then when I'm really attached and caught, then you'll take it away from me. And I'm kind of tired of this game. Let's set this game aside. I really only want you. I don't want your, your baubles and your playthings and these distractions that you try to get us to get caught in this wheel of karma. I only want you. When bad things come, do the same thing. Turn to God. Turn your identification to who and what you really are. Lord, when these bad things come, I'm your child. What's up with this? Why, why would a child of the infinite have this happen to him? Maybe you should learn some parenting skills <laughs> about your child. Look around at this, this world that you created. I am yours. I am a child of the infinite. Bring me home. And you'll find that in good or bad karma, wherever the wheel takes you, by turning to God in good and bad, you start every day, step by step, you start clicking on that opt-out button. And if you click on it enough times, eventually your identification turns from this wheel of karma and reincarnation to becoming one with God. There was a, uh, until it becomes just completely natural, as the yogis teach, and I think as we all see more and more over the years as we practice these things, 
there was a, a brother disciple of Swami Kriyananda, and his name was Brother Turiyananda. And Brother Turiyananda, it was in the 1980s, he was giving a Sunday service, so you'll be able to do the math when you hear the rest of the story if you haven't heard it before. He was giving a talk in the 1980s, and he was greeting people after the public talk. And this woman came up to him, introduced herself, shook his hand, and said, Hi, I'm so-and-so, and my father is the President of the United States. And he was the President of the United States. He, that was his daughter. Brother Turiyananda, without missing a beat, put out his hand and said, I'm Brother Turiyananda, and my father is the Lord of the universe. <laughs> and the thing is, it wasn't just like he was sitting there turning his mind, trying to think of a really clever response. He was identified as a child of the infinite. And when he heard someone identifying themselves with sort of the measly version of the father, he knew right away who his father was. And I think he wasn't trying to one-up this woman and say, well, my father is the Lord of the universe and yours is just the president. I think he was trying to tell to her, change your identification. Yeah, you this lifetime, you've got the father who's the president, next time he could be a pauper. This wheel goes up and up and down, and up and down, over and over again. Change your identification and remember that your father, your mother, are the Lord of the universe. You are their child. And ask them, demand from them to be free. There's a final reading that I'm going to close with. And people have heard me read this before, and you're probably going to hear me read it again sometime because I have it on my refrigerator door. As a constant reminder, don't forget. It's kind of like my spiritual shopping list that I won't forget. And this is Yogananda speaking. He says, Your job for now is to get to God. Don't worry about all the karma you still have to complete. Let God worry about that. First, destroy in yourself the source of karmic involvement. That source is your attachment to the ego. Once the ego is merged in him, then any actions you perform will no longer revert to yourself. Your actions will be like writing on water. They will leave no trace in the mind. In severing yourself from egoic involvement in any action that you perform, you will have cut the Gordian knot of delusion. This is the state of the Jivan Mukta, one who is free inside, even while living in the world. Being inwardly free, nothing he does can ever affect him again. Om. Amen. <laughs>